freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 385 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Building a Sharper Future, and our guest is Doug Ritter. Doug is a founder and chairman of Knife Rights. He is an award-winning writer and subject matter expert on survival gear, which led him to developing his own acclaimed line of Doug Ritter RSK knives. Doug currently spends the majority of his time rewriting knife law in America to benefit individual liberties. Knife Rights has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are they are building a sharper future as we rewrite knife laws in america as of august 2022 knife rights is responsible for 39 bills repealing knife bans in 25 states and over 150 cities and towns who would know who would know welcome back to the show doug it's been too long always a pleasure cheryl and absolutely and you know i think a lot of times people they just don't even understand the the need for the work you do until you've done the work and then we get to shout from the rooftop 39 bills right you mean so you know i i think of an a pocket knife is the same as a knife in my kitchen drawer yeah there's no difference between the two it's a tool right and so are you telling me there are cities and states that are trying to get knives out of my drawer actually the the vast majority of knife laws that we're repealing were passed either right after the civil war or in the 1950s um but yeah uh, we also have defeated uh nine bills in six states that uh were attempting to further restrict knives um so yeah there there are people out there trying to restrict knives in much the same way that they try to restrict guns it's just uh we're 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 a second amendment organization but we get support from the left which because it's not guns because it's knives and for them it's criminal justice reform i mean the arguments are the same in many respects but because it's knife not guns you know 39 bills in 25 states since uh 2010. that is wow. so interesting so you your organization is kind of a bridge builder in a lot of ways. Uh, and then when the other side realizes, oh, wait, I just voted yes for a second amendment related law. I mean it, it, it's, it's, it's quite ironic sometimes, but the fact of the matter is um, we have bills sponsored by NRA F-rated legislators sometimes. Um, 
That is it's really not something. guns is all I can say. And they can, uh, they get it because it's not guns. Um, and sometimes afterwards they'll tell us, yeah, now I understand. But if I want to stay in office, <laughs> it, it's, it's very sad. But, you know, we are decidedly a Second Amendment organization, uh, the Second Amendment organization that nobody ever heard of. You know, the Second Amendment doesn't say anything about firearms. It says arms. And this tool that we carry, some people carry as a tool for self-defense. And sometimes even though you're carrying it to open boxes, uh, it ends up being used as a tool for self-defense. Yeah. So uh, we are decidedly... Uh, the second front in the defense of the Second Amendment. That's fantastic. And you said that a lot of these laws that you're talking about date all the way back to, did you say the Civil War? Yeah, right after the Civil War. If you recall your history, um, right after the Civil War, the Southern states uh, basically tried, the Jim Crow laws tried to ensure that Blacks didn't have firearms. Mm -hmm. Well, then Blacks started carrying uh, Bowie knives and long knives. And so there were restrictions against Bowie knives and daggers and dirks and length restrictions. All those came in right after the Civil War. And then in the 1950s, we had the whole switchblade uh, hysteria and almost half the states enacted some form of switchblade ban or restriction um, over nothing but, you know, Puerto Rican gangs. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how we ended up on the, the firearm side of things with, you know, suppressors needing special, you know, permission to own and taxes to own because, you know, um, the, the mob activity and some of the other uh, things, and and even like the Saturday night specials, you talk about yeah. a lot on the show that <clears throat> you know they were being used. They're cheap, you know, firearms. They were being used in a lot of crimes, and so this law came around and tried to include in it a whole lot of other um, guns that that were not the problem, and it's never the tool. Right? It's never the tool, whether it's a knife or a firearm or a baseball bat, it's the person wielding the tool. And, you know, that's our message. It just seems to be accepted a little bit more uh, because I think in part, not only is it not guns, but so many people on both sides of the political divide carry a knife every day. They have knives in their kitchen. I mean, it, it's it's just more acceptable. And we occasionally, well, not occasionally, we often find ourselves uh, convincing individuals who are either anti-Second Amendment or have, are, are ambivalent about the Second Amendment, that the Second Amendment actually means something to them because of knives. Um, so yeah, we're, we're sort of out there getting the message across that the Second Amendment is your Second Amendment as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and that always feels good when we do that. Uh, when we have, when we go to shows, um, we get uh, a lot of people who come to the booth, especially when we are like, we're currently doing uh, our Ultimate Steel Spectacular fundraiser. And they mm -hmm. see all these incredible knives that they can win and guns. 
Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, so they're basically the same. Yeah, really they are. Um, Just nobody ever heard of knife rights and everybody knows who the NRA, the Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America, all our friends on the Second Amendment side. Uh, So yeah, we need their support too. I remember when I was a kid, you know, way, way back. I mean, way back, right? <laughs> the dinosaurs and, and switchblades were taboo. Switchblades were like, ooh. And I, you know, just thinking about it now, why were they taboo? The movies, the movies, the gangs had the switchblade knives, the bikers, you know, and it was, uh, it's just strange. It's kind of not funny, but how guns and movies gives a bad impression on guns when it's really not the gun. And they're doing the, they did the same thing with knives back then. Yep, it's kind of that's exactly kind of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a big but, marketing. You know, we we've we've dedicated ourselves uh, to getting rid of those bans, and we're we're making we're making good progress. Um, this year has been very good for us. Um, we repealed Virginia's outright ban on all switchblades. Uh, uh, and I will note, we did that with a democratic controlled Senate uh, wow. unanimously um, in Louisiana. Uh, we got rid of their ban on concealed carry of switchblades after we had gotten rid of their ban on uh, concealed carry of other knives uh, and the, the absolute ban on switchblades over the last few years. Um, Ohio, uh, last year, we got their ban on basically all legal knife, illegal knives uh, repealed, including switchblades. You could, you could carry a switchblade, but you couldn't manufacture or sell one in Ohio. So we got rid of that. Uh, we got the law changed so that the only time that a knife is an illegal weapon is when it's actually used to commit a crime. Yay. Hey, doesn't that make sense? <laughs> uh, and this year we passed knife law preemption, which got rid of all the other restrictions at the city and town level. Uh, That's, I think, the 12th uh, knife law preemption. Uh, You know, we we have firearms preemption in most of the states, but knife law preemption is something that we introduced first in in 2010. Uh, Alabama and Georgia both passed constitutional carry this year. Uh, We were instrumental in ensuring that those covered knives as well, Mm because they both had some onerous knife restrictions. Um, and we're still working in Pennsylvania uh, to get rid of their switchblade ban uh, and pass knife law preemption. Uh, most people don't know that uh, Philadelphia is the most restrictive city in the in the country. Uh, it is basically illegal to carry any knife except at work. Wow. So well, <clears throat> if we pass preemption, that would get rid of that. We, we've, we're through the House unanimously. Uh, the Senate's going to be uh, a, a bigger lift, but you know we'll we'll get it done this year. Or we'll get it done next year. You know, part of our success is uh, our perseverance. You know, <clears throat> look at New York City, perhaps our our most important uh, win. I mean, that took nine and a half years. Over wow. seventy thousand individuals arrested for carrying the same kind of pocket knife you carry in your knife today. Uh, two vetoes from Governor Como. Our case up. For conference at the Supreme Court, and because even though it wasn't a Second Amendment case, it would have helped the Second Amendment in the Second Circuit. He signed our bill finally, after it was passed unanimously, but for one vote. 
through the wow. very democratic New York Senate and House. So do you get that one guy, Doug, that goes, you know, I like knives. I think they're beautiful. There's some all kinds of engravings and beautiful custom knives built. But why would anybody need a switchblade? Uh, we get that all the time. And uh, when we when our lobbyist goes to the legislature, he has uh, trainers of switchblades, assisted openings, uh, manually opening knives and fixed blades. And it's look, it doesn't open any faster. And we live in the United States. The United States is not about need. Right. The United States is about want. And you don't need a lot of things, but you're allowed to want them in the U.S. And if it doesn't hurt anyone else, why shouldn't you be able to? Boy, and what we don't need is the government telling us what we can do. That's the thing. This there you go. This permission-based system that we've allowed to, to pop up and crop up all over. And you said Philadelphia, like the birthplace of freedom. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that it, ironic? It's so ironic. And but I really like, I'm sorry, but I really like the fact that a knife is a knife until you use it in a criminal way. Now it becomes an illegal weapon. Yeah. We, not we, until, and really it's the behavior. That, yeah. It's illegal. That, that language is something that we hope to continue to use. Um, it is. It makes it so clear that yeah. this is a tool, unless it's not. So, right. you know, everything we do is about allowing people to carry whatever they want, yeah. pretty much wherever they want, unless it's yeah. a prohibited place. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're making we're making good progress. I mean, the, the biggest problem we have is always financial. You know, we're a very small organization, but it still costs a lot to travel all over the country. I recently paid just over $2,000 for a round trip flight for our lobbyists to Pennsylvania. Um, that would have so cost expensive. economy, economy class. That would have cost six or $700 round trip a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so our expenses have gone up hugely. Uh, we would love it if folks would help us raise the money that we need to continue to do this. Uh, we have a fundraiser called the Ultimate Steel Spectacular. Uh, custom knives. Uh, we got $26,000. I know we've got more because we got to. So about $30,000 worth of firearms prizes. Uh, just a lot of really cool stuff. Knives valued up to $5,000. Wow. Um, just, just an incredible, and it's winner's choice. So if you donate and you get chosen as a winner, then you get to pick your prize from everything that's left. So the first person pick gets picked from everything. And the second person gets picked from everything, but what the first person picked. And we think that really makes it exciting because people can get what they want. And we've just launched our tail end bonus, which is a second drawing for those who donate now. So there's a whole, there's customized valued up to, I think, $2,000. Uh, again, firearms, there's all these incredible prizes. So if you donate now, you get a chance to win in two separate drawings. And even if you get picked in the tail end, the ticket goes back in, you know, digitally, goes back in and, and you can still win in the main drawing. So how do so they do we, that, Doug? How, how, do does they do how, how does the person oh, enter into that? Go, go, good question. <laughs> go, go to knife rights, 
Org and just click on the ultimate steel. Um, it's real easy. We have bonus knives. Uh, we've got SOG, Cold Steel, um, uh, Spiderco bonus knives. If you give it certain levels, $100, $200, $300, $400, $500. Uh, so you get a really cool knife with really cool engraving just for donating. Um, and two chances, you know, chances to win in two separate drawings with incredible prizes. I mean, just incredible prizes. I'm just looking here on the website, kniferights.org. And so um, are you saying that it sounds like when you donate, you're sort of jockeying for position. Like I want to be the first pick. So I'm going to donate to so a certain it, level like, to be the first like pick like any similar drawing, the more you donate, the more chances you get. Okay, and the more you donate, you. the more free chances you get. I so every time, every, every level gives yeah. you more opportunities to win the prize. I mean, that's, you know, it's similar to a raffle, I suppose you could yeah. say. So buy more tickets. In other words, give us more money, you get more chances that you're going to win. Uh, and you get to pick your prize. And if you look at those prizes, I mean, it's just an incredible array of firearms and custom knives and celebrity autographed knives. Um, it's really, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm a little biased, but I think it's one of the best fundraisers out there. Nice. I love <clears throat> it. And, you know, that's the way you said that, you know, the more you donate, the more you can win. I mean, really that's, you could use that both ways. You could win these very cool prizes and you also are winning freedom. You're winning freedom all across this nation. Yes, and and we can't do what we do. Okay, so there's basically four of us. My right. wife, Sue, who you know well, yes. me, uh, a part-time admin and our lobbyists. And we've accomplished all this with just those four people. But it still costs a lot of money for travel and, and lawyers and all the rest of the stuff we do. Uh, this is a credible opportunity. People say, well, what if I only give $20? Do I really have a chance to win? And I can assure you, we have seen $20 donors win multi-thousand dollar knives and really cool firearms. Uh, yeah, yeah, you really do have a chance. Absolutely. So I don't know if these, I can put this right, but it's like, okay, so everybody knows they're trying to take our guns away. Yeah. So it's real easy to, to donate to these groups to, to help fight the fight. A lot of people don't even know that they're trying to take our knives away, that they are trying to restrict us. And so it's ultra hard for you guys because some people aren't aware. They're just, who, most, who would think? Most people, most people right. aren't aware. You know, one of our biggest problems is, you know, we, we can't promote the ultimate steel on Facebook. You know, we can post. But if people don't share those posts and then they shadow ban us, uh, same thing with Instagram. So getting the word out like we're doing now about this incredible fundraiser and what we do and how we do it um, is really important. Um, we need folks help. I can't do this just by myself. I can spend all my time. But if we don't have the money to send our lobbyists around and me around to actually get in the legislature, get in the state house, talk to the legislators. I mean, that's one reason we've been so successful. We show up, mm -hmm. uh, we work with both sides and we get this stuff done. And if it takes nine and a half years, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what it takes. We'll just keep plugging away at it. And 
you know, and many times it's like Ohio or Tennessee or Louisiana, all these things, you know, we get as much done as we can and then we can come back and get more done. And then eventually we get it all done and there's nothing left to do. And, the, you know, I love taking our map that shows where we get stuff done, which is on our homepage and turning states green because there's nothing left for us to do. Oh, nice. Amazing. And the other thing is, you know, for the simple gesture, I guess, of, of carrying a, a knife, not wielding it, not harming people, not being aggressive with it. People have done serious time in jail and prisons and it ruins their lives it ruins their their opportunities for for where they can work and and serve in their communities and well, these and, are the things you're correcting and, and that's why we fight so hard for this i mean if you look at new york over seventy thousand people arrested in a decade oh. uh anyone who had a prior even if it was 20 or 30 years before we're upgraded to a felony. Uh, oh. Some people just carrying their knife right. went up the river literally for five or six years. I mean, that was just, it was disgusting what they were doing. And it had absolutely no basis in reality. But uh, if we hadn't come along, they'd still be doing it. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that was a huge fight. That was we spent nearly a million dollars over the course of nine and a half years. Wow. Um, but uh, I mean, New York City was, is, you know, a terrible place. If you're a believer in freedom or you just want to carry your tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I take an incredible amount of pride in that particular fight because mm-hmm. it was it was the worst case of abuse of enforcement in our country, really, in many respects. Right. And, like, and we won. Like, how do you uh, buy a, a new chef's knife and get from the store to your house? Like, how does... So, technically, that ridiculous in Philadelphia, sometimes? it's illegal. That's crazy. Like, yeah. we got to think these things through. So, let me ask you this. Just uh, go back to the fact that it's how you use it. If, if, yeah. if everything would just go to, it doesn't matter what you own, it's how you use it is right. going to cause whether or not you go to jail or not. Right. <clears throat> that's, that's the crazy thing. It's so simple. Right. And everybody's buying everything on online these days. So the UPS guy and FedEx guy is like committing yeah. felonies left, right, and center has no idea, right? Because we have stupid, pointless uh, just punitive laws that aren't actually doing any good. They might sound good. They might feel good to somebody, but they're if not they're actually, not actually stopping good. crime. And none of these restrictions, whether it's on firearms or knives do, right. then we don't need those laws. Thank we you. need to stop criminals. Yes. We really need to stop criminals. Yes. But we stop don't need to stop criminals. honest people from carrying tools, particularly if they're carrying them for self-defense. Amen. And and I was going to say, and stop criminals from just being immediately released back out on the streets to drive those crime rates up to gives the other side more uh, positioning and ammunition, for lack of a better word, 
to say, you know, look, we need tougher and tougher laws. It's like, well, sometimes we just need to enforce the laws and we we have plenty of laws. laws. We don't need more laws. We just need to enforce the laws that we currently have on the books and get rid of the ones that don't actually accomplish anything. So let me ask you this about the recent uh, Supreme Court decision on the Bruin versus, speaking of New York, uh, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association. Now that was really talking about um, the, uh, you know, we can keep arms, but can we bear arms? Are we allowed to bear arms, take arms out with us? And the, the topic was really about guns as far as any of the sound bites that I can find. But again, the Second Amendment is about arms, which include knives. So, so does Bruin, that impact you guys yes. at all in the work yes. you do? So, so Bruin was the 12th Second Amendment lawsuit that we filed an amicus brief on. Uh, we, we, we are a Second Amendment organization. There are cases that significantly impact knife owners as well as the Second Amendment. Bruin was one of those cases. Um, yes, it was about guns, but what it is, it established a number of really important points. One was that the Second Amendment applied to carry of a weapon, a arm outside of the home. Uh, really important whether you're carrying a firearm or you're carrying uh, a, a knife. Um, it uh, reinforced that Carrying an arm for self-defense is a protected right for Mm -hmm. Mm self-defense. And that the Second Amendment, and we're a Second Amendment organization, it is not a second class uh, right. It needs to be treated the same as every other right. All of these things are important to knife owners. And it's why uh, we have been so involved in submitting amicus briefs on a number number of Second Amendment cases. I should say that uh, some of our knife cases that we have been successful in have been cited in Second Amendment cases involving firearms because they establish good precedent. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it really is, uh, you know, we really are part of the Second Amendment community. We're not just saying that. Uh, We're active in the things that matter to gun owners. Uh, We hope that the gun owners listening to you will help us continue to do this mm-hmm. because, you know, we're, it, it's all one fight. Yeah, uh, we're just the second front in the defense of the second amendment, but it's our second amendment and it's our rights that are at risk. And there will be a lot more lawsuits. Uh, you know, New York, California, and others have already enacted unconstitutional, patently unconstitutional laws in reaction mm-hmm. to the win in Brune. Uh, we will be there uh, being a party to amicus briefs and fighting these ridiculous uh, reactions. Um, we're, that's what we do. I, I heard the thing in New York how they, they're going around that law that the uh, Supreme Court ruled. And it reminds me of my daughter when she was little, she used to say, I want it because I want it. Yeah. I want to if I want. Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. if I want. And that, that's what that's they're doing. That's about they're, the way it works. Right. And, and it's like, they're they're not going to take no for an answer. You're, you're going to, well, I can't say what we have to do. But. <laughs> Look, we're, we're going to be fighting the Second Amendment battle 
uh, our kids are probably going to be fighting the Second Amendment battle. Uh, the fact of the matter is um, we only retain these freedoms when we fight for them. And whether that's uh, at the polls and trying to elect Second Amendment, real Second Amendment supporting uh, uh, members of our legislature, governors, senators, congressmen, uh, whether that's fighting them in court, uh, like we will be doing forever, or whether it's fighting them in the legislature and getting rid of really bad restrictive laws that don't accomplish anything to reduce crime. You know, it's, it's all one and the same. If we, if we don't fight, they're going to take our rights away. It's right. That's just and, the way it is. You can't and, just rest on your laurels or think, oh, we won Bruin, everything's good. Uh, nobody that was seriously involved with this didn't expect that New York and California and New Jersey and other states weren't going to react to Bruin by, you know, legislating more restrictions that are, are of constitutional, you know, that are unconstitutional. And that's all going to have to be litigated. You know, it's Absolutely. unfortunate, but um, they just don't take no for an answer. Well, Doug, I want to say, if we don't fight the fight, our kids aren't going to be able to fight the fight. Mm. It'd be too, it'd be too late. Mm -hmm. we, That's you know, exactly we've seen right. that, right? We've what, seen what, that. What you and I and, and the folks listening to this show, what we do today, you know, what motivates me is kids, grandkids, great grandkids, I mean, the future of America. Um, if they can get rid of the Second Amendment, they can get rid of the First Amendment, they can get rid of it. It's, it's, look what they're doing with cancel culture and all the rest of this thing. These are really important battles. These are the things pe folks need to think about when they go to the polls uh, in, the, in November. Um, we are determining the future of this country and the future that our kids and grandkids and great grandkids are going to grow up in. And that's, that's what gets me up and going every morning. Uh, I'm sure you've been there. You wake up in the morning, you're like, why the hell am I doing this? And, and, and when you think about what, what's coming that day that you know is coming, but what motivates me is thinking about future generations and the, the, the dream that is America, yes. uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are the things that get me going in the morning when I know it's just going to be one of those days. You know, and the, yeah. the sad thing about this, so the cancel culture is a small minority. And if we would just get off our butts mm -hmm. and do something, we could clear We could clear this. Mm -hmm. it, there's such a small group. And I small look at that noisy. too. And I look at that too with our politicians. If you think how many politicians there are on this on this United States mm -hmm. versus how many citizens there are, right. and they're telling us what we can do and what we can't do, it's crazy. it's 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 just wake up, right? Right. Oh, it gets back to get involved and fight. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get on the internet and and you know bang on the on the keyboard or on your phone and you know that's not really getting involved you know it's yeah. getting involved getting involved is volunteering whether you're volunteering for knife rights or other second amendment organizations volunteering to get 
uh, the candidates elected that you want, all the candidates, they need people. They need people to put up the signs that we all hate seeing on the corners. They need people to make phone calls. They need people to drop off leaflets, man tables at events. That is how you make a difference. Yeah. More sure. people get involved, the more pro 2A legislators we get elected, uh, the more pro 2A people we get elected to Congress and the Senate and, and governorships and attorney generals. This is how you, you can make a difference. Um, as satisfying as it may be to be snarky on the keyboard, <laughs> that isn't gonna change anyone's mind. It may make you feel better, right. but actually getting out there and fighting and helping getting candidates elected, helping second amendment organizations like Knife Rights and others to do what they do in rolling back bad laws and stopping bad laws this is how you make a difference, whether it's financial support or actually getting out there and working if you can't afford financially. That's how things get done. All of, all of these things go into making a better America and retaining our rights. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, as we start wrapping up, uh, not only I want you to remind folks about this awesome fundraiser that I keep glancing down at while you're talking because <laughs> um, it looks really, really exciting. But, um, you know, how do they volunteer? How do they find out and stay on top of the work, all the work that you're doing in all of the states? So, so, uh, so some feedback. we have we have our free new slice newsletter, which um, you won't get bombarded every day. And, and we send we send it out when we have something important to say. Uh, when we're actually accomplishing things, when we actually need people to write their legislators or write their governor uh, to get something done. Or, you know, we have something going on like our ultimate steel spectacular. If you go to kniferights.org, uh, you can sign up for our free newsletter. That's the easiest way. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Please share our posts on Facebook and Instagram because we're shadow banned. We do, you know, we got thousands, you know, tens of thousands of followers and, you know, a good post will get seen by a thousand people. If it's shared, we can get eight or 10 or 20,000 people. So sharing those posts on Instagram and, and on Facebook is really important. Just go to kniferights.org, click on, on, on our uh, free newsletter, uh, join, uh, sign up for, uh, click on the ultimate steal and, you know, any donation more than $60, you get extra chances to win and you get an annual membership. I mean, we've got a lot of ways that folks can contribute and help us and keep track. Um, just go to kniferights.org and it's all there for you. Doug, when is, I'm sorry, when is the uh, uh, drawing end for the knives? So uh, August 15th is the end. So they still got, you know, a few weeks to get this done. Um, we just really need people's help. Uh, it's, it's not getting easier. We, we, we did the easy states early on, you know, every, every state that we work in now is a battle, but, you know, as proof of, the, of what we discussed earlier, we're, we're getting stuff done. You know, yeah. we're the ones that are out there getting it done for knife owners and, the vast majority of the people listening to you, 
they're firearms owners. They're also knife owners. And, and we need we need your support. That's fantastic. One more quick question. You, you mentioned you have a map on the website where a state will go green if it's like, okay, we've accomplished what we can accomplish. Have you ever had a state revert back from green because we never. aren't paying attention? Never? never? That's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, it it's really hard to get stuff to the green. Mm -hmm. But once there, people are like, yeah, okay, no problems have ever occurred. So why do we change that? I, I should also mention that we also have an app called the Legal Blade app, for, which is especially important for people who travel um, on Apple uh, and, and on Android. Uh, all the not flaws of the 50 states plus the District of Columbia, plus about 40 of the largest cities, plus links to where you can find the codes for cities and counties uh, throughout the United States. So very, and very useful, especially if you travel. Well, for sure. And you, you called it the legal legal blade, legal blade. App. Again, Fantastic. if you go to uh, kniferights.org and scroll down, you will find it there. Awesome. Doug, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for taking this time with us today. Uh, just, uh, we're so blessed to know you and, uh, your awesome wife, Sue, and, uh, that we get to share the state of Arizona is just an extra bonus. So <laughs> even at, even at 114 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, thank but, you very yes. much for, for protecting our second amendment. I mean, seriously, that's, uh, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know. I treasure our friendship and we're all in this together and we'll just continue fighting and that's, it's not going to end, but we're going to have more victories as long as we Absolutely. all stick together. Absolutely. All right. We will talk to you soon. You take, take care. care. Bye -bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. You know, you just don't think about that. I mean, and, that's and the good thing about what Doug is doing yeah. is that, by the time you do think about it, he's already fixed that, and, you know, and in some, are, some states. So. When you think about the fact that it's four people, and it seems like every organization really comes down to like a handful of people yeah. that are doing all the work. Now, we need a ton of volunteers and, and that sort of thing, but the behind the scenes nitty gritty it really always comes down to just a few people. few people. Yeah. And you know what? And you got to really be careful about that. You need more help because sometimes people get sick. Right. Some people pass away. Right. And you, you, we want organizations that are trying to protect our rights to flourish. Right. Exactly. You want them to keep going. And yeah. if you don't help with that, then we, we could lose. I mean, think about our rights in the 1930s, mm -hmm. right. Versus what they are today. Mm -hmm. we've lost so many of our rights mm -hmm. the second amendment has been attacked from ever since the civil war i guess right, right? and um for all people and so we so much of it is yeah. like the education right? right uh and and the culture of an, a nation and a time in history because our founding fathers and mothers who fought bled starved and died just to have the opportunity to write this document, right? To, to secure our freedoms by saying, this is what the government can <clears throat> and cannot right. do, right? And now you flash forward 
couple hundred years. And now people are like giving away. Right. They're Trading. celebrating yeah. Yeah. when when our rights are infringed on. Right. And it's like, what is the matter with us? Why do we feel like we need to to beg for the opportunity to to protect what we love because that really is what it all comes down to there's one universal right we all want to protect what we love why would anyone try to restrict anyone else in their ability to do that and they compromise let's take 1934 gun control act mm -hmm. the reason i think it's 1934 i'm almost certain that act was created because a handful just a handful of people were using machine guns in crimes in like Chicago area. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They take away our rights mm -hmm. by restricting the use of full auto guns, mm -hmm. which I, I remind you, a handful of people right. were already breaking the law. Right. They're already killing with those guns, which is already against the law. Right. And they took those. <laughs> and in 1934, they said, okay, a Thompson machine gun was like, $14. I mean, they were under a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. right? But the tax for it to own that gun was $200. You take that today's language, that's like three grand or four grand. Yeah. And um, so they changed our second amendment right to own mm -hmm. over a few people. Yeah. Who and were... did it stop the criminals? Stop? No. They were already criminals doing... And illegal right. behavior and murdering people and machine guns didn't stop they didn't stop using machine guns no it's it's just nutty when you no. stop and think about it it's nutty but if we as this generation as parents as aunts and uncles and grandparents and great-grandparents if we are not actively teaching the next generation somebody is right oh yeah somebody is always teaching and when you abdicate that and you just let somebody else teach your family members, well, this is where we end up. So we've got to be more involved from the kitchen table to the, uh, what's the name of the desk in the, the Oval Office? I think it changes, but you know what I'm saying. The toilet? <laughs> Stop. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Um, That's where, okay. I thought we have got oh. to be more involved because our founders promised us one thing. You know what that was? Mm. Eternal vigilance is the only promise that they made us. That's it. Well, that it would take eternal vigilance in order to preserve our republic. Republic, yeah. and, not our democracy, our republic. But the, it's scary because they're not teaching that to the kids and yeah. I, I have to tell yeah. you that they, what's that what's they are that, teaching right, that right. to kids we, we should be i know that teaching that to but kids. i saw make it personal i saw a thing on the facebook the facebook a couple of days ago where a guy went to a graduation uh high a high school graduation so these are college bound kids mm -hmm. and he asked one girl who was in a cap and gown and it wasn't i don't think it was a setup because there was others there and asked her, what are the two countries that border the United States? She couldn't answer it. No. She couldn't answer it. So if they don't know that, people, how are they going to know what a Second Amendment and our constitutional rights are? They didn't know that Mexico and Canada. He even said, it's up north, eh? 
And she couldn't answer that question. Well, on that cheery note. <laughs> all right. Right. I mean, well, we, if you don't, if they're not teaching the constitution in the schools nowadays. No. So they're not teaching critical thinking. And I, for the longest time, I've just thought, you know, what is the deal with that? And I think I know now, because in the age of information, if all you can do is gobble down whatever's handed to you, partially pre-chewed and partially yeah. digested like a baby bird, if that's all that you are capable of doing, it doesn't matter if you're in the age of information and have right. all knowledge from all ages at your fingertips. Yeah, we should be you smarter than anybody right now. With it. We should be the smartest generation that there ever was right? when we can look up anything we want right? in seconds. But instead, all we do is just, oh, well, this site said gobble, right. you know. And, or, and so or I don't have to worry about what it that's is. That's what I pair it back right. out. Or I don't have to worry about what it is until I need to look it up. Yeah, well, that you know? too. But oh. anyway, Sad. Um, there's some some things we need to be doing better. And uh, like praying for a nation yesterday. Absolutely that. But before we get to that, I want to remind people that you can go back and watch all of our what? shows from all of our subject matter get out of here. And you can do that on our YouTube channel. Even that one? Even that one. Whoa. And the uh, our Gunstreamer channel. So gunstreamer.com. And when you do that, please click on the subscribe button and the notifications button because then you'll get all the fresh content right away. And it lets those sites know that the work we're doing here is important to you and important to the world. So we'd appreciate that. And if you want to just listen to the audio only version, because you're out on a bike ride or a long uh, car ride with the family on a Sunday or something, uh, click, go to our, our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and binge listens to your heart's content, darling. He does that so beautifully. If you like to see photos and bios oh of all of our guests that have ever been on, click the guest tab. And uh, holy cow, that is a huge resource of subject matter experts uh, throughout the, um, the rights community. Um, we, we stray a little off of, you know, cause we're gun freedom radio. So sometimes we don't talk necessarily about second amendment or gun related things. Sometimes we talk about constitutional things or even educational things. So we've got a great uh, database there. When you spend time on our website, we don't hate that. No. So, all right. So now we're going to, well, we should have prayed for a nation all the time, all the time, not just at the end of the show. That's true. That's true. Pray without ceasing. Uh, Pray that people get off their fannies yeah. come election time yeah. and research. Do your research. Yeah. Think about what you're going to vote for. I mean, Cheryl and I, we've been debating over the governor race mm -hmm. and we have been having some really heavy conversations, not arguments, but conversations about, about why this, why that. And you know, most people think, well, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Whoever's going to win is going to win. And that's not true. You know, um, the best, the best person is going to win if we, if we vote right, if we research and vote right. Yeah. And if our elections, we don't want another anything, mistake, which is what, you yeah. know, we really hope as well is that our elections are actually secure. Yeah. 
and um, that everybody, every single person's vote counts equally. That's what we hope. Yeah, we kind of had some problems with that in Arizona, didn't we? I believe we did. Yeah. There are people that anyway. still want to just be Who's like, that? nope, it was the most secure election in all of history. And it's then like, tell me that that's true, then we really have something. To then, work. then tell it's me that really after you watch, what is it, 2,000 Mules? 2,000 Mules. Yeah. Watch crap. 2,000 now Mules. This, now YouTube's going to pull this okay. because you said that because well, they do not like Okay. Mention All right. Re reverse. Go watch 2000 Donkeys. 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 Hee haw. Hee haw is all I can say. <laughs> that right? used to be a good show, too. Yeah. Hee haw. Yeah. All right. Anyway. We really have to get out of here. So please pray for our nation. Pray for our elected officials and people in leadership positions. Um, all of them. Oh, representative positions, not leadership. They. Oh. No, I'm not just talking about elected officials i'm talking about you know you know organizational leaders right yeah. like like doug and sue they're leaders in the knife rights organization we need to be praying for the work they do and for yeah. for them um and even even the people who are in elected positions that maybe we don't like too much we maybe pray especially for them okay okay all right until next time be good to each other have a great week and god bless bye-bye